Good morning, everybody. Welcome again. If you don't know who I am, my name's Nigel. I'm one of the leaders here um, at Gateway. It's great to see you. By the way, the funeral for Fiona is on Monday, the 29th of July, 12 o'clock at Broadtown Church, other side of Wooden Bassett. So we said, Colin said we'd tell you shortly. I've just told you. 29th of July, 12 o'clock. Okay? be great to have a good crowd there. Right, this morning, um, we have slightly interrupted our plan for preaching at the moment. Um, if you've been around the last few weeks, you'll know that we've been uh, talking about prayer. Obviously, we had our 24-7 week of prayer, and we've been, talk- um, we've been kind of calling one another, I guess, to awaken in the purposes of God, to awaken to God, to pursue Him, to go after Him in prayer, uh, to, that we as a body might be stirred just because we believe these are key days really for us as God's people. And all of that still applies. We, don't, uh, we haven't changed our mind on any of that, but uh, God is doing a lot of things amongst us at the moment. So we're feeling the need just to interrupt um, the plan and to bring you updates and to just talk about what we feel God's doing. So last week, obviously, we had um, Nick and Motti share about their uh, move to Seattle um, which, if you haven't heard that, you just heard it now, and you can get the full update online from last week. Um, but there's lots of stuff going on. Um, and again, next week, Colin's going to update us on some other things, how we're uh, working in Swindon and some of our plans going forward. Um, so do come for that next Sunday as well. But in the midst of that, just felt, we just felt, I, I just felt we wanted, I wanted to talk about a specific thing um, from one Peter about us being, but really about our identity, I guess, who we are as God's people, what that means. So particularly as we go through seasons of transition and we sense that God is on the move in new ways, that he's stirring our hearts, that he's bringing us together across this town in ways that we haven't seen in a very long time, that he's shaking our nation, we sense that, that he's building up the church for such a time as this. Um, That he's moving people around even within Gateway and shaking us up a bit and changing things up. I I believe at these kind of moments that who we are in God and uh, who we are as his body is so key for us. And actually we need to make sure our foundations are secure as we go through transition. um, And we need to make sure we know what God has said about us and who we are. Amen? So that is what we're going to talk about a little bit today. Um, And we're going to read from 1 Peter chapter 2. Okay. As you come to him, the living stone, that is Jesus, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. I just want you to hear that this morning. The one who trusts in Jesus Christ will never be put to shame. Amen? You receive that this morning? If you trust in Jesus Christ, you will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe this stone is precious, But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. A stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message. 
which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Robert believes it. That's great. A holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Amen? And Father, uh, Lord, I want to thank you this morning for your word. I thank you for the truth that you declare to us. And Lord, I pray this morning that your word, your truth would go deep, would penetrate deep into our hearts. Lord, that it would find a resting place right in our souls and in our hearts, Lord, that would transform who we are. Father, we thank you for this truth. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the living stone. We thank you that you have called us out of darkness into your wonderful light. We thank you that that's where we stand today. If we're believers in you, Jesus, we stand in your wonderful light. And your promise is, Lord, that we will never be put to shame. And so we stand on that foundation today. Lord, we declare to one another that truth. And Father, I pray this morning that you would minister to us your truth by the power of your spirit. Lord, that it would go deep into us and would transform the way we think about ourselves, the way we think about this church, the way we think about your people, the way we think about what we're called to do in this short life that we have on earth, Lord. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, my conviction right now is that, well, this is always true, but particularly at times of change, when things are coming and going and we're not sure what's happening and things are shaking in our nation, we need to understand more than ever who we are as the people of God. And if you were here last Sunday, then Paul preempted this um, and said, our identity is so key. He talked about John the Baptist and saying that we mustn't misunderstand what he meant by saying that we must diminish. No, uh, yes, Jesus must be glorified, but we more than ever need to understand who we are, that we are filled with the very presence of God, that we are God's chosen people. Amen? Because we can so often uh, just f- go with the flow of life that we feel like we're just the same as everybody else around us, but when we pick up the Bible, we discover that we are utterly different from the people around us. I don't know if you believe that. Do you believe that you're utterly different from the people around us? identity is key. There is a new race of people on the earth because of Jesus' death and resurrection, because of what he has accomplished, because if we put our hope in him, then we have new life in him. There is now a new race of people on the earth. And our identity as God's people, our identity in Christ, trumps every other aspect of our identity that we might come up with this morning. Amen? So whatever race we're from, whatever background we're from, whatever class we might consider ourselves to be from, whatever our experience in life, actually the fact that we are in Christ this morning trumps every other identity card that we might put on the table. Amen? And we need to believe that in these days. That needs to go deep into us. The Bible says that we are foreigners and exiles on this planet. Do you believe that right now? We're foreigners. Actually, this is not our home. We've heard it this morning that God has prepared a place for us with Jesus in heaven, new heavens and new earth. This is not our home right now. 
Actually, the Bible tells us that we're ambassadors in this place. We're not from here. And if you've been watching the news this week, you'll know that ambassador is a difficult job to do. You are a chosen people. That is what marks you out this morning. That's the most important thing about who you are, is that you've been chosen by God. Nothing else. You've been chosen by him. Amen? You are royal. You're royal priests, the Bible says. Now, if the queen was to arrive in here this morning, we'd probably react in some way. We might stand up. I don't know what what would we do in this day and age. I'm not sure. But there's something about royalty. Now, who in this room believes that they're royal this morning? Could you stand up if you're royal? Let's do it the other way around. Well done, Barbara. We're getting there. Who's royal this morning? Laura, you're loyal. Laura, are you a royal priest? Okay. You're royal this morning. The Bible says you're a royal priesthood. Amen? Sit down. Thank you. You're a chosen people. What marks you out this morning? Uh, that's, not an, that's not a reason to start a conversation, by the way. Um, what marks you out this morning is that you are one that God has had mercy on. Amen? That is your identity, that you've been mercied on. More important than anything else is what marks you out. Chosen, God has had mercy on you, you're royalty, and you're a priest this morning. Who believes that they're a priest this morning? I won't make you stand up. Oh, there's only a few priests in the room. No, everybody, if you're born again this morning, if you put your hope in Jesus Christ, then you're a priest. Okay, we get so confused about this stuff because we still, you see, in the Old Testament, there were only a certain number of priests and everybody else had to go along and watch what they did while they did the sacrifices and, and you, you know the picture, you've read the Old Testament. There weren't that many priests. It was a particular, uh, it was a particular role that God gave. And still, I think in these days, we get so confused, even with leadership, But the Bible says that you are all priests. Amen? That you are a royal priesthood. If you're born again this morning, you're a priest. You're chosen. You're royal. You're a priest. What do priests do? Serve, yeah. Represent God to people and represent people to God. Amen? In essence. And we're all that. Every one of us, the Bible says, this is our idea. It's not just something we do either. We get confused between who we are and what we need to do. And we think that's some people's role. But it's not a do thing. It's not a doing thing. It's a being thing. What we are is priests. It's part of identity. Amen? It's deep within us. When we were born again, we were made into a priest. If you cut us through, we find priest. We find one who ministers, uh, takes other people to God, helps other people get to God, and brings God to other people. Amen? Everyone who's born again, a royal priest. This is our identity. It's, and I, I, Well, this is important all the time, but particularly as things change, as God shakes things around, as, he, uh, as some go off, some come. He's always building his church, but things change all the time, don't they? And I think they're speeding up in our day. We sense that God is on the move. We sense that he's doing stuff in Swindon. And more than ever, we need to understand who we are. Amen? We're a royal priesthood. You're holy. Did you, do you believe that you're holy this morning? Who believes that they're holy? 
We don't always do holy things, but I ident- at the core of us, because we're in Christ, at our core, at your core, you are holy. You might not feel very holy. The conversations you had this morning or last night might not have been holy. But at your core, your identity is holy because you're in Christ. Amen? And the challenge for us is to become who we already are. Is to line up with God, what God already has done. So if we're not acting in a way that's holy, we're just acting out of character with who we now are. And we need to just line that up and keep telling one. You see, we don't, we don't act in a holy way to become holy. God's already said, you are holy. You are accept, I approve of you. I, you are totally acceptable to me in all my holiness, God says, because of Jesus Christ. So what we do doesn't make us holy. We get confused about this, don't we? But it's because of who we are. Now we need to line up with who God says we are. Amen? You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So we need to understand who we are. But we also need to, so we need to understand who we are individually. That each one of us is a priest, that each one of us is royal, a son of the king. That's why you're royal, by the way. You're a son of the king or a daughter of the king. Amen? But then we need to, the next step to this, okay, we're going to build this up gradually. First of all, we're going to understand who we are individually. The next step of this is understanding who we are together. Because when the Bible talks about our identity, so often it's about who we are as God's people. That we are, as we always say, we're individualistic. Our culture is that way. It talks about uh, our culture around us constantly is making us think, who am I? How do I get fulfilled? What's my purpose? It's all individualistic. Actually, when we come to the Bible, it's very corporate. And identity as God's people is very much who are we together. So not only do we need to understand who we are and who God's made us to be because of Jesus, but we need to understand the, the corporate, the together element of that. Actually, what, what has happened is that we've been made something together. That actually is even more important in some ways than who we are individually. Because we don't always get that bit. So God has called us to be a people. The living stone, that is Jesus, is gathering and building from around himself a building of stones. Amen? You like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. Actually, our identity is spiritual house. We're individual stones, but what God is doing is building a house, building a place of worship, building a temple where he dwells by his spirit, where he is amongst us. And so actually, there's something fundamental about who we are together. We're not just individual bricks, we're a house. And that's a very different thing, isn't it? I was thinking this yesterday. We have a pile of bricks down the side of our house that are not doing anything. And their identity is quite different from the ones that are part of the house. The ones in the house, are they can't really go anywhere. They're stuck together. And actually, the the identity of an individual brick is kind of lost in in the fact that it's now a house. If you look at it, you don't see brick. You see house. Amen? And that's what's happened to us. We're not any more individual stones. God has built a spiritual house and is building a spiritual house. So actually what we are together is fundamental to who we are. Amen? And you need me and I need you. 
And you need you and you need you and so on because we're being built into a spiritual house. And if the bricks aren't stuck together, then it's not much of a house. Amen? We're called to be a body. The bits of the body have to be, they have to be joined together. Otherwise, they're not that much of a body. Are you with me? If we're not joined together, we're not so much a body as a prosthetics warehouse. Not my, not original to me. I can't think like that. But we're something together because God has ordained it that way. Amen? We're family, the Bible says. Did you know that the most important time to gather with God's people as church is when you don't feel like it? Did you know that? Instinctively, it goes the other way around, doesn't it? But the most important time to gather with God's people is when you least feel like it. Because he has made us something together that only happens when we're joined. Amen? That's what the Bible says. That we minister to one another as priests. That we represent one another to God. We pull one another to God. Sometimes we don't feel like it. Sometimes we don't want to hear it. Sometimes we need to be provoked or encouraged or have an arm around us to say, come on to God. It's fundamental. We don't, we, we're never going to be who God intends us to be. We're never going to do the things that he intends us to do unless we're together, unless we're being priests one to another. Amen? Unless we're ministering God to one another and bringing one another to God. That is a fundamental part of who we So we can't do it if we're alone. Oh, I know you can listen to sermons on the internet and you can read your Bible in your bedroom and you can listen to a great worship CD in the car. And if you're not feeling that comfortable with church right now, you can always just go somewhere else where you can blend into the background where you don't normally go and nobody will know you. But fundamentally, that is not New Testament Christianity. It's just not. It's not what the Bible talks about. The Bible says, I'm building you into a family. I'm taking individual stones with all their little quirks and their funny rough edges and I'm building them into a house. And only when they come together and bring their different gifts and their different personalities and their different backgrounds and their different experiences and the different ways that God uses them, only then do they start to become what he has intended, which is this spiritual house where he can dwell and which begins to declare the praises of who he is to those around. Only then. Amen? Do you believe that? So the time to come and gather with God's people is when you really, really don't want to. Because we're a family, because God's done something. He's, it's right at the core of who we are. It's our identity. It's not just what we do on a Sunday. It's not just how we organize ourselves. It's not the club that we belong to. It's what God has, when he's taken us out of darkness into light, he's taken us from being not a people and made us a people. Now we are what we are because we're together. And we need one another fundamentally. Otherwise, we're not being who we're called to be. Do you believe that? I know the church is the people, not the place. I know it's not about Sunday. It's we're church all through the week and it's small groups. And I know those things, but there's something about being together. The Bible says don't, don't neglect to meet together. Why? Why is that? Because it's nice. Because the numbers look good? No, no, no. Because we won't be who we're meant to be unless we're together. Unless we're ministering God to one another. And it won't, it won't be all that comfortable on different times. Different ones of us will like different aspects of what it is to be together. 
And the church is never going to be perfect because it's full of us. But actually, we need what is found when we're gathered. And we need to push ourselves to be the priests that God has called us to be to one another, to minister, to bless one another, to cross the room even when it's uncomfortable, to pray, to to draw in, to encourage, to put an arm around, to go alongside. Because that is the very identity of who we are. God has made us into a spiritual house. Amen? Is this your family? I guess is the question. We always say that, don't we? We need to, it doesn't have to be here, but wherever it is, we need to find where, where are we being built in? Where are we part of the house that's being built? Where are our gifts being used and our personalities? And where has God got a position for us where we're needed? If you're not here, you're missed because you're part of what God is building in this place. Okay, so we need to understand who we are individually. We need to understand that there's something key about who we are together and what we're called to be together. And then finally, we need to understand what it is that we're supposed to be doing. So let's recap again on those verses. Verse 5, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And verse 9, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. The full-time occupation of a royal priest is to make known what God is like. Amen? We do that in our families. We do that in our church. We do that in our workplace. We do that in our neighborhood. We make known what God is like. God has made you who you are so that you can make known who he is. Amen? And we can do that in a million different ways. And some of them will be spoken and some of them won't. God has made us to offer spiritual sacrifices which are acceptable to God. So spiritual sacrifices look like all sorts of things. But what priests do is they minister to one another. And we will bring God to one another and one another to God in all sorts of different ways according to our gifts and what we're good at and what, the way that God uses us. But what we must do is make sure that we're doing that to one another in different ways. Amen? We have to find what works for us. What are the spiritual sacrifices that God has called us in our priesthood to do? Because every one of us is a priest, remember. It's not a few that are priests. It's not a few that minister to one another. It's everyone that ministers to one another. And so as we, earlier in the year, we were um, studying through 1 Corinthians, weren't we, about the body. And we, keep, we kept coming across these phrases that, uh, that it's each one of us. So when you come together, each one of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or interpretation. So as we come together, it doesn't have to be at the front, but as we come together, each one of us has something for one another to encourage and to build up and to bless and to provoke and to come alongside. Each one, everyone. That includes you, by the way. If you just wrote yourself out of that, each one is each one. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Amen? So God gives the Spirit to every single one for the good of all, for the good of others. Each one. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. So every single one of us is to be a blessing to one another, is to serve one another, is to point one another to God. Amen? And as soon as some of us aren't doing it, the ones who are 
God is wanting to build into this spiritual house and the house is not what it should be. And we can't leave it to somebody else. So often we leave it to others, don't we? We think, oh, well, they'll do that. But no, each one of us, in our very core of who we are, an identity, we're those who serve one another. And can I tell you something else about spiritual sacrifices that we're to offer to God as priests? That they're sacrifices. Amen? Can I tell you a couple of things about sacrifices? They cost. In the old way, an animal had to die. It was, you gave your first fruits of your crops. Sacrifices cost. I'll tell you another thing about sacrifices. Some, sometimes it seems like a whole waste of time. What you end up with, a load of ash at the end. That's in the old, old way of doing it. It just gets burnt up. It seems like a whole waste. What's going on? But it's a sacrifice, and it's acceptable to God. And sometimes we never see what the, the results. Of, it seems fruitless. Maybe seems like there's no result in it. Nobody's seen. Nobody's noticed. Doesn't even seem to be a blessing. I know sometimes that's the nature of a sacrifice. I'll tell you another thing about sacrifices. Sometimes they seem very routine. Oh, my goodness. They had to go through the same things again and again and again, didn't they? But they were sacrifices acceptable to God. It's so easy to get weary of doing sacrifices. I would have thought I wasn't a priest that had to slaughter animals and burn them every day of my life, but I don't know what that was like. But, boy, I should think you could get weary doing that. But Galatians 6, Paul says this, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Amen? Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So I want to call us, as we transition, as we send, as we see what God is doing, I want to call us again to understand our identity as priests, as those who minister to one another, whose very identity is to serve and to love and to encourage and to build up and to bless one another. That's, a, that's our It's right in who we are. If we're not doing that, we're not being true to our new identity in Christ. And there are so, before I go any further, I just say, amongst this body of people, there are so many amazing servants. There are. There are so many amazing servants as I look out. And it's, there's every temptation in me to go amazing servant and to n- name people. But the problem with that is other people will think, oh, well, he didn't say, didn't say me. And, and, but actually, let's celebrate one another's success. Let's celebrate what God is doing with one another. Amen? Jenny Williams, amazing servant of God. You know, some of these things are just behind the scenes, aren't they? And they never get seen. There are, let me give you two examples that have, have happened recently. Um, and actually, that's, this is why I pick out Jenny, because she, I think, was involved, is involved in both of these, as it so happens. I hadn't thought of that till just now. But um, we've been running this alpha course at, at the gate in town. Uh, through the Furniture Project, gathering in some of our contacts. It's been amazing. We've already seen three salvations. Is that still three? Are we? No, but we're believing God for more. But the team that has come together and said, yes, we want to serve that. We're going to give up every Wednesday. Uh, we just want to bless it. We, we, Andrew was struggling at the beginning to find people to help him. But a, an amazing team has gathered around that. And what, 
Just amazing servants. Well done, guys, because it's been incredible. Let me give you another example. These examples get multiplied again and again, okay? These are only examples. Please, please don't be sad about this if I haven't mentioned your name or or what you've been doing, because I know there's incredible servants uh, in this place. But um, people who do meal rotors, you you are amazing servants. The other day we had a lady who um, has been who was in hospital for three weeks. Suddenly came out, no no be around her to support her, not well at all. Uh, message went out, and immediately from that day for the next ten days there was meals every day, and uh, from people who were not known to this lady at all, didn't know her, but suddenly they were produced. From uh, uh, I remember it starting on a Friday night and thinking. How are we going to do this? Everybody's just switching off for the weekend. But no, every day, every day for the next 10 days. Amazing servants. And I could go on and on and on. Those are the examples that come to the top of my head. But, but this, is be, this is our identity, folks. This is being priests. This is spiritual sacrifices. They don't look like the old kind of sacrifices, but it's the very thing that we are at our very core. And we need to become more what we are. Thanks, Motti. Amazing servant. <laughs> uh, as I was thinking about this in the night, Phil and Liz, I just felt God's, I wanted to speak to you and say, your heart is a heart of amazing servants. Actually, you're not always able to do what you'd love to do, and there's frustration in that. But I, I just felt that God wanted to pick you out and say, amazing servants, that's your heart. Susie Ford, amazing servant. Just always willing to step in and serve. I mean, I know, I know this is a really dangerous thing to do. I'm very aware of that. And so if you're thinking, hmm, what about me? What about me? Then yes, if you've been an amazing servant uh, and you are, then be blessed and be encouraged. But let's spur one another on. Let's celebrate for one another. Let's identify. In fact, afterwards, why don't you go up to some other people and go, uh, the way you do this spiritual sacrifice is amazing. Let's bless one another. The guys who serve our, our, our kids' teams and aren't in the room week after week. You know, Matt and Steph uh, are generally, they're probably out of the room today. I think they probably are. Are they? Yep, in Discoverers. But that's because that happens a load of the time. Because actually, it's not always so spread amongst us. But they're amazing servants who serve us so well. The guys on worship who are always first here. The guys on hospitality who are always last here. And I could go on and on and on. Amazing servants. But this is our very identity, people. Let's rise to this. Let's not get weary in doing good. Because God sees every bit. And he says, that's my child being who I made them to be. And I know it's not about just in church. But there is something about coming together because we're a family. Amen? And also, can I just say, if God has put you in gateway, then actually, you know, different churches have different things that God calls them to. So not every church is the same. Did you know that? We believe that we're all one body across Swindon. But actually, God gives different, slightly different jobs to different churches, I think. Different visions sometimes. And actually, God has called us, we believe, to be a resource base. To be those who serve others, who, uh, not only that, but to be a place that we, where we send and receive. That, that's a costly business. Sending people and going again is costly. Sending the East, sending Nick and Motti in the next few months, th- these things cost. But, but you see, this is the thing. It's an identity thing. It's not just a, oh, no, we've got a, oh, here we go again. No, this is what God's called us to. This is how we declare the praises of, of him who brought us out of darkness into light. Amen? This is... We're priests. 
We offer spiritual sacrifices. We go to God for the energy and the strength to give him glory by doing sacrifices that are acceptable to him. But if you're called to be part of Gateway, then we're here to serve and to give away and to be a blessing beyond the walls. And that's going to mean that we're going to have to work. We're going to do some spiritual sacrificing, don't you think? It's what we're, but, but that's because God said to us, this is what I want you to do. It's not just us having a nice idea. God's call. God, it's who God's made us. Amen? So listen, there's a practical side to this, as you will have gathered. But more important is the identity thing, by the way. If you don't, I, I, if you don't get anything, I want you to understand who you are. But there are serve cards all around the room. Because right now, it is one of those moments where we need to step up as a body. And there are loads of jobs. And some are inside and some are outside church. And some are Sundays and some are not. But as is often the case, a big load is being carried by a small number of people often. Which is why the likes of Matt and Steph are often not in the room because they're serving in kids and leading that team and filling gaps. And, and it's, guys, it's time to be who God has made us and to step in again. To step in again to what he's called us to do. Because he's called us to a great work, we believe. Because he's called us to declare his praises and be a blessing beyond gateway. And to resource others. And to encourage. And he will supply the needs. Don't get me wrong. I know that my job as one of the shepherds here is to go to God and say, look, God, you've given us this job to do. So come on, give us the gifts. Give us the people. I know that's part of my job. I understand that. But also part of my job is to say, you guys are priests. And we're to serve one another with every gift. And, when we're, and that's for every one of us. So I'd love to encourage you just to look at those serve cards today. and to, Even if you have things you've done before, you might, it might be time to do them again. It might be time to go again. It might be time, you, you might have been feeling weary, but the Bible says, don't be weary, go to God. Because at the right time, he's got a blessing and a reward for you. And he sees everything that's done in secret and... So I'd love to encourage you, have a look at those serve cards. There's some things that are not on there. You might be a first aider. We need first aiders. You might be prepared to be a fire marshal, like Stu down there with that box. It's an easy job, isn't it, Stu? It's not an easy job. <laughs> Therefore, it's a spiritual sacrifice. So come on, be priests. Our kids work right now. We need a whole new raft of people to step up and go, yeah, I, I want to be a blessing to our kids. I want to declare the praises of him who called me out of darkness into light, and I want to do it with our children, which is, by the way, the ripest age for making uh, commitments to Jesus Christ and discovering that, him as Lord and Savior. So come and help us with that. Come and make a spiritual sacrifice amongst our kids. You might not think it's your thing. You might have done it for years. You might have done it in the past for 10 years and stopped and think that's my lot done. I've, I've done the bins at home for a long time. I, I, <laughs> I don't think there's any prospect of me getting out of doing the bins anytime soon. It's just part of being the family. It needs doing. I'll carry on doing it. It's a, okay, it's not a massive sacrifice. But you get the illustration, though. Actually, maybe, Joel, you'd like to volunteer. <laughs> uh, oh, you, you do the bit. No, you put them out on a Monday. Yeah, but I'm talking about all the other times in between. Right, let's stop right there. This is getting out of hand. Look. Oh, by the way, you might have seen it on the email just recently um, that we're launching this new team in the autumn, a befriending and visiting team. 
And I hear lots of you say about time too. Yeah, about time too. But there's been a whole lot of work going on recently behind the scenes in putting together a framework for how we care for one another really well, especially when that's beyond what small groups and Sunday mornings are able to do. So one of the things that we're launching in the autumn is this befriending and visiting team that can serve people who are lonely or ill or bereaved or can't get here on a Sunday or can't get to a small group who need that extra just love and encouragement. And we would love to raise up an army of people uh, who will serve one another as priests in that way. Um, you might have seen it on the email. If you haven't, come and ask us about it. But it's on the, it's on the serve card as well. That might be a way that, um, that you feel that God is leading you. But pray, ask God and say, where, where should I be doing my priesting right now, Lord? And if this is your home, you might not have been here very long, but if you consider that Gateway is your home, it's what we always say about finance, isn't it? There's something about being in the family, you see, that if we're in the family, then we say, come on, guys, we give into this, what God is doing here. We serve into this. If this is not where you're called to be part of the spiritual house, that's fine. Just make sure you find out where it is. It doesn't have to be here. But have a look at those cards. Ask God what, where you should be involved. Um, let's fill them in, put them in the church office box at the back or come and bring them, come and talk to us about what is involved. But I'd love us to respond practically in that way this morning. Okay, can we stand together? Can we just lift our hands to God? Lord, we thank you for who you've made us to be. We thank you for this incredible thing that is your body, the bride of Christ, this spiritual house where you dwell by your spirit. What an incredible, Lord, will you plant that truth deep? into our hearts this morning, I pray. I just feel like God wants to um, um, refresh those who are, there are many who have served and served and priested and loved, I know that, sacrificially over many, if, if you're feeling weary this morning, I'd love you just to, just lift your hands to God and let's uh, ask that he would refresh, that he'd give you the energy to go again, that it would be an identity thing, not a, not a rotor thing, that we do the things that he puts on our heart because we're called, because we're his children, because we're priests, because we love this body and we want to bless others within it. Lord, I pray for each one, Lord, who is weary with doing good in that sense. Lord, that you would come with a, a fresh wind of your spirit, Lord, that you would breathe afresh. Father, that you would increase capacity. I just feel like God's God wants to do that in this season as well. As we give away, as we send, he'll raise, he'll increase our capacity. He's going to enable us to do what we're called to do. Hear, hear this from 2 Corinthians. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Do you want to receive that promise this morning? That he would enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. That means he would enlarge what you're able to do as you make spiritual sacrifices as priests. So, Lord, I pray that you would increase our capacity this morning. Lord, that you would raise up gifts. Lord, that you would deposit new gifts in people this morning. Lord, we come to you as your people and we say, Lord, enable us to do the things that you've made us to be, to be the people that you've made us to be and do the things you've called us to do in these days. Lord, we pray, fill us and empower us with your spirit. I pray, speak to us, Lord, individually about gifts you want to dust off or unlock or birth in us, Lord. And Father, I pray that you give us the courage to go after those things that we might declare the praise of the one who's called us out of darkness 
into his marvelous light. Amen. Amen.